This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up what you want. Just dial the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Nick. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And by the way, you can join Nick over at his website, freemindstv.com. There's plenty more liberty-oriented both audio and video content. So if you can't get enough Free Talk Live, go get yourself some Free Minds TV and Free Minds Radio at freemindstv.com. And uh, you're also going to be able to meet Nick in person if you come out to the Liberty Forum. You guys are still doing that, right? Yeah, we will be out at the Liberty Forum. I'm planning on being there Friday evening and Saturday. Did they comp your admission? Uh, I haven't heard back on that one yet. That's yeah, they a better. If, yeah, they, if they don't, so. we're boycotting. So let them know that. All right, 800-259-9231. Uh, we go right into your phone calls to start things out here. And then we'll talk about what ca- uh, what is happening in Kansas that sounds an awful lot like California. First, it's Jose in California. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Jose. Hey, Ian. Uh, what's going on? What's on your uh, mind tonight, Jose? Hey, uh, I heard you guys, you and Mark, talk about uh, how college is pointless yesterday. Well, and, uh, uh, now, hold on. It wasn't that college is entirely pointless. It's just that it's not what it's cracked up to be. Right. Okay. Now, now here's, here's what I think about it. Um, personally, like, I like classes like, or I, I would say subjects like uh, physics or math. But whenever um, I go to a college class, the professor somehow has to bore down, bore the hell down, you know, from the subject, you know, one time, you know, one minute you're interested in it and the next minute you're like, you know, why am I even in here? So you're, and, sa- uh, you're saying that the uh, the curriculum is hit and miss in your well, experience? Yeah, that too. And the, w- the way they teach it, it's, it's, uh, you know, I tend to learn much more, much better uh, on my own compared to uh, professors. But uh, you guys were talking about how um, the Forbes, on that Forbes article, how uh, that gentleman who graduated college wasn't making that much money, and he mm-hmm. was in deep down in debt. Now, um, that's that might be true for the, for example, if you look at the Forbes 400, all the millionaires, only a minority of them actually went to college, if you look at it. Is that true? Uh, I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I've actually read a book about uh, the Forbes 400 a couple how, weeks ago. How minority are we talking about here? 30%? Um, 40%? Probably like 10%. No kidding. Yes. Most of them, you know, it's either uh, passed down or they started their own businesses or real estate or something like that. But uh, I was going to say, but still for the majority of us, I think college is a really good backup financially if you uh it's it's it really keeps your options open i think personally and um for example for me i want to be a millionaire and uh i know going to college is not going to help me become a millionaire and uh, i'm kind of clueless about how to do it and i don't know i was going to ask you if you what your thoughts on that or well, uh, it's I haven't made my first million yet, so I'm, right, I, exactly. whatever I say has to be taken with a grain of salt. But I would say that uh, I think the best way to make a million dollars is to do uh, what you love and figure out how to make money at it. Um, right. Because it's but, it's yeah, possible to make a million dollars working in the, it's possible to make a million dollars working in the corporate world, but you know then you're subverting yourself to what it is somebody else wants you to be doing instead of yeah, what you I really want to make be doing. The, quick point that, you know, I, I still think, I disagree with you guys about that college thing. Uh, I still think for the majority of us, I think it's, uh, it'll, 
keep your options open if you do go to college versus if you don't. Because it takes a long time to uh, start up at a low-paying job and, you know, work your way up, I think. I don't think it takes uh, a long time necessarily. Uh, I mean, my, my girlfriend, Julia, has worked her way up at a, a restaurant in a matter of two or three years to, uh, to an assistant manager position. Um, so I, I, it all really depends on your drive and what your competition is like. And I can tell you that from my experience, it's hard to find good help out there. A lot of people don't have the motivation uh, to succeed. They, they are motivated to get the bills paid. But they're not really motivated to go out there and do what it takes to move up in the the ranks. Uh, I'd say that's about that's about that describes about eighty percent of the people. It's I'd true. Say. So I mean, your your competition, if you want to move up, and even in the corporate world, is fairly limited. Uh, and of those who do want to move up, they're just not as they're not as brilliant as uh, as they could be. Again, this is just from my experience talking to people about their experiences kind of moving up in the corporate world. And you're saying that That's you think it. that co- college could help open some doors, and I, I think that that may be true in some cases, but I don't think it's Plus worth another point the is debt. that uh, once you go, I mean, a lot of employers, they don't really care if you're self-taught. They actually want that, you know, especially out here, they want that thing on the paper. They want that diploma, you know, at least at least to uh, get you in the door. That's what you found? You found that's that's true, that a lot of employers want a diploma? Of course, of course. Out, out here, yeah, absolutely. I mean, unless you're going to work at McDonald's or some, you know, low-paying job. For the, you know, decent jobs, I think, in my personal opinion, you need that diploma at, at, at a minimum. Well, um, obviously, you're, you're, what you told us earlier is that that's not necessarily true. I mean, you told us just a few moments ago that the Fortune 500 uh, companies... Well, that's, that's just the 400 people out of $6 billion, you know? Right, but, I mean, those are pretty successful positions that they've they got to without having I the agree, college they're, diploma. I they're in the minority on a global scale. What do, you, what do you mean they're a minority on a global scale? Yes. If you look at the total population, they're just uh, very little, you know... I don't think the data is enough to come to the conclusion that, you know, no college is good. Right. Well, again, I'm not saying the conclusion is that no college is good. I would say that the conclusion we reached last night is that for most people, in most circumstances, college paying for college is a bad idea. If you can get a scholarship that's going to send you to college, then, okay, you should probably do that. But if you're going to have to pay out of pocket, if you're going to have to get a loan to go to college, I think that's, I personally believe that's a really piss poor idea. And from what I can tell, um, most people can't handle that. I mean, if you don't have the financial intelligence to be able to to handle that, those kind of dollars and cents, you don't belong uh, in the loan market. And most of these kids don't belong there. Would you recommend the military pay for your college? What's that? Would you recommend the military paying for your college? I wouldn't recommend anyone leverage? join the military under any circumstances. Well, I mean, if you're in already, you might as well take the GI Bill. If you're in already and you can get it, from what I understand, they make it sound a lot easier to get than it actually is. Yeah, it's not as it's not as comprehensive a package as some people think it is. There's some assistance there, but you have to fill out the forms, and it's they're probably not going to give you a full ride. So you asked how to make a million dollars, and I would again say that and reiterate yeah, my point. I'm just thinking about that basically every day, and I'm just reading books about it, 
and it's a lot harder than it looks. Well, mean, right, you don't you don't start making a million dollars by going a hundred thousand dollars into debt, going to school for four years. So that to me, that's not how you well, start I mean, making a million dollars. I mean, there are some fields where a degree is going to be required. So if what you're going to want, I understand to do that. Is... But for most people, he was right. talking about the, uh, the for uh, one moment ago. Jose mentioned, well, that's the minority of people. For the minority of people, a degree is required. For a very small minority of people, a degree is required. I mean, the, the reality is most people that graduate college don't get a job in the area in which they've specialized. You could say that you could make the argument that he was that, well, a lot of re- employers require a college degree. I don't know what those percentages are. It, maybe that's his experience. Maybe other people have had different experiences. We had a guy call the show last night talking about his success that he has had without having a college degree. Uh, many people, there are many examples. Examples of people out there who've been quite successful without college degrees. So, well, if, if you look I, at the numbers, actually, college does not really produce billionaires. It what it does is produce workhorses. You know, you're basically a worker bee. You know, that's you, right. You're out and work for somebody else. Uh, exactly. If you look at if you look at all the MBAs, I personally thought if you have an MBA from a top business school, you're a millionaire usually. But turns out 95% of the people, they just, you know, go to their employer and say, hey, look, I got an MBA. Can you give me a raise? Mm. Yeah. That's, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so I think you can make a million dollars, uh, but you have to have financial intelligence, and that's something they don't teach you in college. And I think that I mean, are are books the only source for that, or that's what I've, I it seems like for me right now? Are books the only source for financial intelligence? Yes. That's yes. certainly I a darn good sure source. I'm on the right road. Yeah, there's certainly a darn good source. Uh, there's there's a real short book called The Richest Man in Babylon that I read uh, years ago, which has some really really basic stuff in it, and I think that everybody should start with the basics. I thank you for the call, Jose. Good luck out there with your first million. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You can bring up anything. If you made a million, maybe you could tell us about it. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features we give away, so enjoy those on us, including updates. Get signed up. We'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com and get on the list free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Coming up in a matter of weeks, probably two, maybe less than three weeks, March 5th through the 8th, it's going to be the 2009 Liberty Forum. The New Hampshire Liberty Forum brought to you by the Free State Project. It's a great opportunity to come up here, see New Hampshire in its coldest state. Uh, and get to meet a lot of uh, the activists. Well, in the area. I mean, March isn't really the cold. January would be the worst, but still cold, so people can know. There will probably what be snow like. on the ground. Oh yeah, I would imagine there would be. So come on up here and spend the weekend at the Crown Plaza Hotel in Nashville, New Hampshire, with hundreds of other like-minded liberty activists and big-name speakers too, like Len Jacobs from the WWE. You might know him as Kane. Uh, also, Dr. Mary Ruart is going to be there from Healing Our World, and so many other great names. You'll see the whole list at. FreeStateProject.org slash Liberty Forum. Get registered and get hotel rooms while they last. FreeStateProject.org slash Liberty Forum. You can use our discount code to save 10%. That is 2009 FTL, 2009 FTL. As uh, we continue here, just a few more thoughts on uh, Jose's call, which 
seemed to have conflicting messages to me. On, on one hand, he was saying that, well, there's clear evidence that people have succeeded without the use of college. On the other hand, he says that getting a job out where he lives in California can be very difficult without having a degree. And so we've heard a lot of different things from different people on this. Last night we were um, we were reading a, for- a story from Forbes about how so many young people get pulled into the world of a college loan, and they don't know what they're getting into. I mean, it's they're just the fact is you don't learn this stuff in government high school. You don't learn how to get a loan. You don't learn how to compare rates. You don't learn anything about that. I don't know about you, Nick, but I did not learn that in in government high school. No, it's certainly not in the curriculum, and it's it's tough for a lot of people who have gone to college to figure out. A lot of people just aren't very literate when it comes to things like loans. These folks did not figure out the details on the loan until they were calling to have it paid, basically. I mean, they they didn't know. They went into the school's financial aid office, and they gave them a packet of forms, filled out the forms, signed it, and they got a loan at 12% or whatever it was. They thought it was going to be cheap, but it turned out to be really expensive so you've got the situation where these kids are going into debt tremendously in order to get an education that they've been told their whole lives they need when in point of fact maybe they didn't need it after all now as you said there are some careers lawyer doctor engineer you know there are some careers where you aren't getting a job without a college degree guaranteed there's no doubt about that but on the other hand, when the colleges are turning out, I think the number last night was 37,000 history graduates for a, a field where there are only 500 uh, positions available, you've got a pretty big problem there. A lot of people spending a lot of money on something that's not really valuable. No, I mean, a liberal arts degree in, say, history, it might help you out applying for a job in an unrelated field a little bit. I mean, it might help you yeah. get a little bit more money when you finally get a job as an accountant or whatever mm-hmm. it is you end up doing. But it was it really worth it to take out the loans to study a subject that you were never going to have a career in? Doesn't uh, make much sense. No. And, and and going back to his other question of making a million dollars. It seems to me the best way to be on track toward making a million dollars, and you pointed out during the break that there's a difference between making a million dollars and netting a million dollars. Yeah, pretty much everybody who's employed full-time for a regular career will make a million dollars. Over 20 or 30, 30 years, years or something yeah. like that. Uh, but as far as actually netting your first million, having a million dollars in uh, profits that you keep after you've spent all your money on bills... That's the tricky part, right? And I think the best path for me uh, in that particular arena would be to be frugal, to learn uh, how to live frugally. Don't spend every single dollar of your paycheck like so many Americans apparently do. And worse than that, so many Americans not only spend every dollar of their paycheck, they go into debt by uh, racking up credit card debt. So in addition to a college loan that they might have, they're going into debt on credit cards. So if you're in debt... You haven't even taken step number one toward making a million dollars, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I would agree, unless you are, in fact, going into debt and you have a very good chance of getting a job that's going to be very good paying right out of the gate. And, you know, you can pay off that loan in a couple of years and be placed to be making a lot more money than other people. But for most college graduates, that's just not that's the case. That's not the story. In fact, uh, though there was a new statistic I learned last night that I can tout now. Uh, that is that 50% of people that start college don't finish. 
So a lot of these people are going in for two years, partying too hard or whatever it is that, that's happening. I'm sure it's partying that's a big factor. But they're getting in, and they're having these big dreams of what they might be able to do, and they bail out halfway through. Then they're stuck with the bill, and they don't have a, d- a degree to show for it. So yeah, That's probably the worst position yeah. to be in. And it, it, apparently it happens about half the time. It's crazy. So I think what's more important in some ways than how much you make is getting back to the fact that you can make a lot of money, but are you actually going to be saving that money, investing that money? And if you can get a job that's meeting your basic needs and some, and you can invest, you're you're in a position, maybe not a lot of money, but if you can set aside, I don't know, 20 to $50 every week, you're in a good position if you actually have the discipline to do that. Yes. In, you know, in a couple of decades, you're going to have quite up. a bit of money set aside because you can take that money and make it work for you. So yeah. I think, uh, you know, for those people who are out there making just decent money and they're worried about, well, I'm not really all that wealthy, if you're better with your money than somebody who's out there making 100000 and they're deeply in debt, you're really in a better position. And a lot of people out there who make a ton of money are also very deeply in debt or have it's a lot true. of, you know, they have a lot of obligations. It's about what you spend. Yeah. It's not about what you make. It's about what you spend. I mean, if you're making $50,000 a year, but you're spending $60,000 a year on credit cards, you're, you know, you, you're a loser, basically. But if you're making 30000 and you're only spending twenty, well, then you're 10, uh, 10 ahead every single year. And that ten's going to add up. And uh, like you say, you take it and invest it, whether that investment is in speculative uh, real estate investments or or in you know some sort of business investment or you're starting your own business or whatever. Uh, and again, I highly recommend following your desires in that particular area. Figure out what it is that you can do to provide a product or service to the marketplace place that you enjoy doing and is going to profit you and if you can avoid the legal system as well <laughs> try to do as much, get some sort of money coming in in the underground economy in my opinion i think that would well, be helpful it, it, to keep the tax man away from it that advice is sort of i i can go both ways on that because it is good if you can get money under the table but if you're bringing in say like a five thousand dollar cash flow that you're not declaring with the irs but you make a whole lot of money, like $90,000 a year, you, it might not be worth the risk to you, especially if you have a license of some sort or something like You have to Depends. weigh the risk of You, you can doing find that. things to do with that money that uh, you wouldn't necessarily, that where it wouldn't necessarily show to them. So if you were getting paid in the underground you economy. Buying gold bullion and stashing it away? Yeah, I mean, it's hard for them to figure that there's out. There's that, and there's, you know, just paying the bills. I mean, if you're paying the power bill, if you're paying the other bills, uh, they're not going to know about that stuff. So keep that in mind as well. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. But yes, it is all about what you spend, and that's where financial intelligence comes into play. Knowing how to handle your money is the number one step toward having more of it. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. This is 
Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Nick. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And, by the way, those those features include uh, the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo. You can see what I mean by going to Shrine dot freetalklive.com as we go to your phone calls about what you want we go to bob in new york first bob you're on free talk live hi guys how are you tonight just oh, super bob good. terrific uh i i do have something that popped in my head about 9-11 okay and, yeah and, and it was I, and i'm not exactly sure if this happened or not because it was never really it wasn't it was the big issue but i thought i remember if you can put on your your thinking caps and try to go back Oh, I, I don't spend any time whatsoever thinking about this, so you'll just have to tell me. Go oh, ahead. all right. Well, it, it, well, I don't really, but at the same time, uh, it was a very unusual thing, and it just never gets talked about, if it was true. I thought there was a guy, I remember when they had the, the firefighters and everything at Paul McCartney, they did that concert uh, two, three days a week after 9-11. And I remember one of the firefighters got up on stage. He was from Queens. And he got into his, you know, uh, I'm from Queens, you mess with me, I'll tell you exactly where I live. And in, it's 13 Park Street in Queens, New York. You want to give me a problem? You get, I remember that part of it, I remember him saying that. Then I thought that, that a day after that, an airplane crashed in Queens. Was that? I wanted to find out if anybody knew anything about that. Uh, nope. Uh, don't know a darn thing I, about it. I remember that there was a benefits concert. I don't remember any. Not sure what. Uh, I mean, I'm not sure what the relevance of it would be. Well, he was challenging whoever. He was just challenging. You know, he was being a tough guy, and he. And I, I thought that I heard, and I, I think I remember being completely shocked that an airplane went down in that particular area where he lived. An airplane so, did go down in somewhere in New York. I don't remember if it was Queens. So a month Queens. Or two after. Are you saying that somebody crashed their plane into his apartment? Is that what you're suggesting? No, I'm asking, you guys are unbelievable. I, I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm asking. I was wondering. I thought that I heard that something like that happened, and if it did, that is pretty pretty darn peculiar. The guy actually says Queens and an airplane crash. Why I would wouldn't you, say that's peculiar at all. Why would the people who bombed the world or hit the World Trade Center care about getting the firefighter? Is that what you're suggesting? I mean, no. I'm not even sure what you're suggesting here. I'm I mean, trying you, to figure out what it is you're you're getting. Well, I, mean, never, the guy gave you, his address. I know that you guys. I, I, you, there's limited consciousness about this. I well, the guy that. gave his address. No, I think the limited consciousness might be on the other end of the line. Why would the terrorists or the government or whoever hit the tower? go after a firefighter who basically dared the terrorists to come attack him. The whole country was saying things like that at the time. If you recall well, Bush saying, bring it on, no one crashed a plane into Bush. Yeah, well, I, I, I know you guys are young and you guys come across... Oh, like, the old you know, ageist uh, argument. Right. Go ahead, sir. Well, I want well, to hear what well, you have to say on this know, one. You'll find as you get older, 20 years down the road, you'll do less talking and probably more listening and stop being so sarcastic. I'm oh, I'm sorry. To... Were we not listening to you? I'm pretty sure we, we were here listening now. to exactly what it was that you Listen said. In you fact, now. we're you're asking questions, again. sir. As good listeners, we're asking questions for clarification, asking what it is you're getting at. I still haven't figured out. Are you I trying to suggest that they, pl- they crashed the plane listening. into his apartment or they just crashed you're it somewhere again. in Queens to get at him? You guys are really in love with your voices. I just wanted to say, I didn't say that. that I didn't, you see, you guys are, do this all the time. This would be the last time I call in. Thank goodness. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. Ugh. 
Look, we gave you plenty of chance to explain yourself, and he didn't even get to the point. Well, I mean, I got, I got his point. It was basically, you know, he that was they asking, crashed it. Well, well, they wasn't went after clear. The, the particular firefighter. He didn't make that clear. I, well, I suggested. Really. I asked him if that's what he was suggesting, and then he started. Well, you guys are so young, and blah blah blah. I think. I think what he was. I think he basically had that idea in mind. Like he was asking the question, right. and he wanted us to confirm it for him, and he was getting frustrated. Yeah, and. You know, basically saying we were stupid because we didn't basically go along with the story and say, yeah, I bet they did go after that. You know, no, we're stupid because we're younger than he is. Nick. See, that's how it is. Yeah, that's a real good way to get people to respect you is to uh, always hold how old you are over their heads. Real good way to start a con- to uh, to have a conversation with somebody. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And you know, if, if what you want to do with your free time is to sit there and ruminate uh, about minor factoids in regards to 9-11, great. You've well, got plenty of free I mean, time, I, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I guess in answer to his question, if it happened that way and they, they actually, the plane actually hit his house, that would be a very big coincidence. <laughs> uh, that, coincidences do happen i think that a coincidence is probably more likely than somebody yeah. going after that particular guy if i remember right no one was killed in that crash either so new york's a pretty big place so if a plane crashes in new york uh, no one on the ground was killed i, I forget but yeah i mean planes it's, are gonna crash it's, and, a, it's a big place and it's also very densely right. populated so the very odds strange. of hitting somebody <laughs> are pretty good. All right. So 800-259-9231. We continue with Scott in Canada. Scott, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hi, guys. You're on the air. Hi. I, yeah, I have an interesting story that you might want to hear. I don't know if you've heard about this at all. Um, there's a fellow, a, WF, a double amputee, had both his legs cut off. Uh, he, was, he went into a waiting room in Winnipeg, a hop, uh, ER waiting room, and he eventually died in that waiting room. Would you like to know how long he waited in the in there until he was discovered dead? Uh, thirty six hours. You're very close. It was thirty four hours. Oh wow. Yeah, and he uh, one of the other pe- one of the other persons waiting in the waiting room is the one that noticed. Hey, this guy's dead, and mm. alerted it to the uh, people working there. Oh, but the healthcare um, was free, so no big deal. Oh, exactly. And and so now the government is trying to you know uh, pass the buck, blame this person, blame that person, and really it's. You know, would this ever happen? Like, when I go to the dentist's office and I'm in the waiting room, the receptionist knows who's in the waiting room. Someone wouldn't wait there for 34 hours, right? But not with this socialist health care that we have. And, uh, you know, I've waited eight hours in, in, in there, but never 34. But this guy died because he had a bladder infection. All they had to do was change his catheter, and he would have lived. But oh my there gosh. you go. That is so tragic, and it's just another story in a long line of neglect stories that come out of these socialist medicine systems. It's so sad, and then they will never stop until they finally allow the private marketplace to actually provide health care to people. A fully private marketplace in medicine is what would solve a lot of the problems about costs that we have, because currently we have... Uh, in the United States, a system that I think about 50 cents on every dollar that's spent on health care is spent by government. So it's a semi-socialized system. And between government mandates and the way they've set up the insurance system, essentially they've just created a system that is very inefficient. 
but it's not a free – people blame it as a free market, but it's not a free market. It's a heavily regulated market, and only half the money is is private that's being spent in the healthcare system. So it's it's far from a fully free market. How's that going up there, by the way? I know that there were some people that were working on creating some sort of private healthcare market in Canada or getting it deregulated to the point where they could. Is that still moving ahead? Do you know? Yes, there, there is a movement to open up a private health care clinic in Winnipeg, for example, in honor of this guy that died. Uh, mm. There's a few on the East Coast, I believe. It's, they're rare, but they're starting to push for that. So we'll probably see a, two-tier, a two-tiered health care system, which to me is okay. If you can choose to go private, that's fine. Um, you know, it'll cost you, man. It'll cost you dearly, but yes, it'd be nice to have yeah. at least the choice. Now, am I correct? In, in my understanding is that a lot of the people in Canada who are proponents of the completely government, single-payer healthcare system use a, the idea of choice. Basically, when they say two-tiered healthcare system, it's a very negative word or a very yeah, negative it phrase. It's, it's a dirty. To say two-tiered healthcare is a dirty word uh, for people that believe in the socialist system. But, I mean, like, this is the, no one has gotten fired over this guy. No one has been disciplined. The premier, he's sort of like the equivalent of the governor. He said, oh, no, you know, uh, we'll investigate and blah, blah, we'll tweak. They tweak and tweak, but nothing changes. Tweaking doesn't, it's a broken system. Tweaking it will not fix it. Thank you for the update and the story tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. That's the number. You can bring up what you want. And did you know that over 35% of IT admins admit to snooping through their boss's email? Your business email should be secure, and privacyharbor.com can do it for you. It's private and confidential, guaranteed, privacyharbor.com, because normal email is not secure. More Free Talk Live coming up. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything if you dial the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give away all the features on the website, and if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do that by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. We take that money in and reinvest it into the show, getting on more radio stations around the country, bringing more Internet listeners on board. And you get perks. You get access to the AMP-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. Though right now the chat room is down, unfortunately. It was down last night. We're having some uh, technical difficulties behind the scenes here at the studio, so apologies for that. Uh, But otherwise, yes, AMP is very helpful to us because it gets the ideas of freedom into more ears around the country and around the world. So head over to amp.freetalklive.com. And do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does collections early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients, too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com. That's SACL CAI. As we continue with your phone calls, uh, we will go to Marsh in North Carolina. Marsh, you're on Free Talk Live. Oh, hello. Thank hey. you for taking my call. Welcome, Hey, sir. I just wanted to ask you something. Yes. Uh, uh, the the uh, plane crash the guy was talking about happened over Queens, New York, just a few days after 9-11. And wasn't too long after that, they started, you know, the Richard Reed, the shoe bomber, was in the news. Don't you think that's why we take our shoes off? And that's uh, that's the excuse I think, think they make. make. Huh? I think that's huh? the excuse that they make for making you take your shoes off. Sure. Oh yeah, I mean, you don't think there's a correlation? 
I think they'll use whatever excuse they can to, uh, to, to create as much tyranny as quickly as they possibly can. I believe in that, too. But, you know, I believe in that, too. Okay, but one other question. I'm, I'm thinking about moving somewhere, and I've been to New Hampshire before. It's been a long time ago when I was small. Whereabouts in New Hampshire is Santa Claus land? What's that supposed to mean? Santa Claus Land. It's um. Is it a, it's is it a tourist route, attraction? Yes, it's off route. I believe it's <laughs> off route three. It's 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 in, it's way up north. It's um, probably an hour and a yeah, half. Well, north yeah, it's Concord. always up north, right? That's where Santa Claus lives. Right. Is it, well, it's, it's north. It's in the northerly part of the state. It's probably um, if you're familiar with the state of New Hampshire, for our viewers who aren't, uh, Concord is sort of. In the middle of the state, sort of skewed towards the south, that's the state capital. And if right. you if you headed up um, uh, Interstate 93, it's probably an hour and a half or two hours up there. It might actually okay. be off Route Three, but it's 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 in the White Mountains or just below them. Um, it's, it's still in. Is it still in business? Last I knew, I went there uh, not so many years ago, and it's. <laughs> I've driven by it. The signs are still up, so I believe it's okay. still in business. Right. Well, the reason I asked was that uh, when I was a kid, I mean a young kid, we went up there and checked it out, and we built one in the uh, Cherokee Indian Reservation of North Carolina, and it's been there since I was, that was 66, I think, when we built the one down here. So but you actually course. you actually built your own Santa Claus land, or when you no, say no, we, no, 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 I didn't build it. No, my grandfather and my aunts and uncles and mom and dad and all that built it. And gotcha. I was an elf when I grew up, and I'm sorry. You were an elf. Yeah. <laughs> don't apologize. Elf. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> you don't I'm need to apologize for being an elf. We were all silly one, things. One, can I get one last question? Of course. Uh, how much coast do you guys have? How much toast? Coast. Sea oh, coast. coast. Thirteen coast. miles. Sorry, I'm on a, I'm on a cell phone. No, it's all right. Yeah, New Hampshire, I believe it's thirteen miles. You'll see some varying measurements, I think, because it depends on, um, you know, depends how, you ask, how huh? much of it the depends curve. Depends on global warming or what? No, I mean it, de- it depends on exactly <laughs> what method you use to measure the coastline. But thirteen miles is the one I've heard quoted. Most is often, it, so not it, very is much. Is it really built up? Is it it's a lot of built up stuff? Pretty. There? I mean, it's pretty developed along the seacoast. It's, um, you know, it's not like by by. I don't know by other people's standards. It's not like there's not too many major cities. There's Portsmouth, New Hampshire, is on the on the Atlantic. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the map right now. Yeah, it's 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 fairly developed. I mean, it's pretty much all the usable shoreline is developed. Yeah. Is that what you're looking now. for? Are you looking to build a, a home right? Oh, on? I like the ocean. Yes, but yeah. I mean. You guys are pretty small, so if I lived in uh, Concord, I'm not very far away. Oh yeah, that's uh, true. It's just, I mean, even from where we live in Keene, it only takes two two and a half hours to get over to the seacoast. And we're about as far as where you is Keene? Uh, Keene's on the west side yeah. of the state, so about as far away from the the coast as you can get and still be in southern New Hampshire. Hey, good luck so with your. How far uh, from yes, how far from the coast is Keene? Uh, you know what? Wise? Google Maps will yeah. help you with all, yeah. a lot of these questions. <laughs> uh, go to maps.google.com and you can get all the answers you're looking for, I'm my friend. I'm not sure exactly even because I yeah, never Yeah, I'm not sure either. It's, it's kind of windy road, so it's not necessarily a direct route from, from here to there. Thank you for the call tonight. Good luck uh, with your consideration of moving. 800-259-9231. Uh, Ian and Nick here, your travel planners. <laughs> well, I mean, we'll do our best to help. I yeah, mean, we will. if it's a question about New Hampshire, yeah. if it had been a question about another state, I wouldn't know, and I wouldn't really care about answering it. But yeah, a lot of these things. Uh, you know, I, I was thinking to, I was going to tell him to go to look up Santa Claus Land on the internet, but as I was doing Santa's that, Santa's look- Land, I think. Santa's Land. Oh, okay, because I looked yep. up Santa Claus Land, and that didn't. Nope. Santa's the one in North Land. Carolina came up, but not the. Uh, 
Not the, the okay, there you go. Yep. No, nope, that's the one in North Carolina. North Carolina's got the uh, Google results nailed down on Santa's land, let me tell you. During the break, you should try it using New Hampshire in the search. Good point. All right, well, let's continue in the meantime with your phone calls and talk to Scott in Massachusetts. Scott, you're on Free Talk Live. Uh, hello, uh, uh, Nick and Ian. How are you? It's Scott the Bigot. Scott, what's yes, on your mind tonight? Yes, it's Scott the Bigot, and I'm, I'm proud. Uh, no, you shouldn't be proud. You should be embarrassed. That anti-Semites and racists. Can come out to look. You, I should, you should be embarrassed. Something. Why? Why not just? Why not try to unite people? Why not try to bring people together instead of putting up artificial barriers between human uh, between well, mankind? I'd like, I'd like to. Uh, I'll answer that. But let me just say this: America, as we speak, is disintegrating. You're seeing biblical proportions. Thank goodness. The, the I'm all in favor of this, it. The economy is disintegrating. Well, that's not and, a good thing. And but I meant the government. One, there's only one salvation for, for, for the United States, and do you know what that is, gentlemen? Oh, let me see. Let me guess. Uh, kick out all the Jews, Hispanics, and blacks? Yes, but also the American <laughs> Nazi Party. We need Bring to back have the Nazis. Wow, there you go. Okay. Uh, did you ever hear of George Lincoln Rockwell? No. Is he no. a Nazi? George Lincoln Rockwell was the founder of the American Nazi Party what in 1959. What a loser. And what he basically said was is that as blacks... Who the cares NAACP. what he said? Blah, 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 spout and, hate, spout hate, blah, 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 no, that's what he it's, said. It's, 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 you asked me why people can't be brought together. Oh, they can, and they are. You're one of the minorities, sir. I want to leave you with a thought, and think about this. You're one of these people ponder. with this, this ancient way of thinking no, that uh, refuses to, to change. Hmm? Civil rights is not civil rights if you, t- if, you take, if you give civil rights to blacks, and you take it away from whites to give to blacks. That's not civil rights. That's tyranny and oppression. Right. That would be a bad thing. So it, it, why not just give equal civil rights to everybody? How about we but, forget but about if, civil and, rights? And, and, Scott, why is, it, why is it tyranny and oppression to take civil rights away from white people and give them to black people, but not to take them away from black people and give them to white people? Let me explain. White people, gentlemen, are under siege. We're under siege. No. The NAACP, no. the anti-defamation What evidence League, do you have of such claims, sir? I'm not under siege by anyone. I'll, I'll tell you how. If I'm under siege by somebody, it is by the white people who are in the New Hampshire state government. I want to tell you something about New Hampshire since you brought it up. New Hampshire used to be a very conservative state. William Loeb was the head, as you know, of the, uh, of the Un- Manchester Union leader. New Hampshire is a shadow of itself. It's no longer a conservative thing, bastion for conservatism. It's just a carbon copy of Massachusetts, which is a sick, perverted state. We're the only state in the Union to have first ratified homosexual and lesbian marriage. Uh, right, because uh, homosexuals are less than everybody else in the world. Is that right? Guess, Scott, you blame homosexuals minorities and for... lesbians are a drag on our society. They pervert and muddy the water. Is, is, is Archie I wish uh, I wish Dale from AnarchyInYourHead.com were here tonight and, and to Scott, talk to Scott, you. So, so they, they pervert and muddy the water by they, by, they by increase income taxes? Gay people no. cause income taxes to, to be instituted? <laughs> I'll tell you how. If you would show me a little bit of respect and dignity. No, you haven't they, shown anybody else that. Why yeah, should we show that to you? They, you get they, the respect you earn, Scott. Don't you understand that? And you don't respect anybody but anyone who happens to have the exact same skin tone and religious viewpoint as you. How can you ever expect to get respect from anyone else? You're but pathetic, I want to let dude. you know one thing. You brought up a good point. You brought up a very valid point. Yes, you did. Uh, it's the old saying in the military, they, they, they say, to, to get respect, you have to earn respect. That's right, and you and, ain't and, anywhere and I close. Understand, but this, this is where I'm coming from, gentlemen. As a white man, I'm not respected by blacks. 
I'm not respected by Jews. They Try want to giving take away before my rights. you get, dude. See how that works out for you. Bye bye. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You have to give people what they want in order to get what you want. You don't just get uh, respect out of because somebody wants to give you respect. You have to have a reason to be given respect. I mean, come on. How basic can we get? Not much more basic than that. <laughs> Start out by trying to appreciate other people who have different skin tones for what it is that they do. And if all you can see and when you look at other people that have different skin tones, all you can feel is white hot rage, you've got a long way to go before you'll get respect from anybody else, including me. Hour number two is coming up. You bring up what you want. Human beings are human beings, period. However tall they are and whatever color they are. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. We are launching an hour number two of the program. You can bring up what you want. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features we give away. So enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you for accessing their websites. Ours is free at freetalklive.com. We go right back into your phone calls. And we start with Gene, the Christian anarchist in Tennessee on the amp lines. Hello, Gene. Well, hello. I had to call you in because when I hear words being misused, I have to correct uh, correct the users. Okay. Um, I, I strongly believe that words have specific meanings, and therefore we should be careful to always use the correct meaning. And the I term agree. civil civil rights is a misnomer because there is no such thing as civil rights. Civil rights, if they existed, would come from a government, which is a fiction. Mm-hmm. So the only thing that actually exists are natural rights or God-given rights. There are no civil rights. So you know, I was going to jump into something about the civil rights uh, term that that guy was using last hour, but I just didn't. We got distracted and went somewhere else. I'm glad you brought it back home to this uh, because civil rights are essentially another fictional construct of the fictional construct of government, right? Well, that's right. So uh, it's easy to switch people when they use that term and just say, uh, you mean natural rights, don't you? Because uh, people get confused and they use the two terms interchangeably and they're not. Well, uh, Gene, one, I, I think some people might use it to try to mean government recognition of natural rights, which they sort of use it interchangeably with natural rights. But some people might say that but it's more yeah. than that. It's it's more than that because you could define a civil right within the governmental structure, which again, Gene, as you pointed out, is, is fictitious. But within their structure, they would say that a civil right would be the ability for a handicapped person to have access to every single building in town. That would be as one of the government oh, and civil certainly rights. Certainly, that's what a lot of people do. I'm just saying that somebody who believes in natural rights as opposed to government-granted privileges might still use the term, even though I, I can see how it is a sloppy term. Uh, they might try to use it to mean we want the government to recognize and respect certain natural rights. Which is why Gene's saying you should uh, yeah, correct no, them and I, say I, you I mean agree. natural rights. I agree that natural rights is better. Um, I just it's feel like... Easy, 
it's an easy thing to do to steer them to the correct term. And, and without being rude and without being obnoxious, it's easy to say, well, do you really mean natural rights rather than civil rights? And then if they don't understand the difference, then you can just briefly explain the difference to them. I think you're absolutely right of, on. A lot of people don't know the difference. They're going to say, what do you mean? You know, and then you can explain it to them. Yeah, yeah well, I, unfortunately, a lot of people do believe that rights come from government at this point because oh, yeah. you know the whole idea a lot of, of God giving or natural spaghetti rights. Monster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good points tonight, Gene. Anything else on your mind? No, no. I just wanted to straighten that All out. Right, man, thanks for the call. It is important. Words are important, and it's important to uh, critical to make sure that you get the right words because otherwise you might be misunderstood. 1-800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. I said we were going to talk about Kansas tonight. And since I said we were going to talk about it, we'll talk about it briefly here. But uh, apparently there's some last-minute good news in the story. It was last night that I heard on the news report that Kansas was looking at withholding their income tax refunds in the same way that California was going to withhold theirs, or is rather withholding theirs. California is in that process right now. They are withholding income tax refunds. Kansas was looking at doing the same thing. However, there's an update to that story today. Uh, where apparently a budget impasse that held up the Kansas income tax, according to the, to the Wichita Eagle, refunds uh, income tax refunds and threatened to delay state employees' paychecks has ended. The governor of the state met a key demand from, uh, from the legislation by signing a bill to balance the current budget. They said they're going to approve a plan to borrow money internally to shore up the state's main bank account. So apparently they're still out of cash, but they're restructuring something. Uh, internally because, well, apparently they have money somewhere that they my, can loan themselves. My best guess is that they're probably going to essentially be raiding whether their money's set away for retirement funds. That That's going to piss some bureaucrats pe off well, if they do that. Well, people's retirements, what they're going to say is we're only borrowing this money or we're using it as collateral. Mm. And, you know, they'll probably target money that's invested for people who are going to retire 20 years from now. So they're going to sell it as, well, don't I worry. See. You know, we're the government. We're not going to steal from you. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, not too comforting of a statement, because if you look at what the government has done over in California, and if you look at what other governments have done where they've promised things to people, they've said to people, look, we're going to take care of you. Then when the chips are down, they just pull the funds. Oh, sorry, we're out of money. What can we do? Sorry. we Hey, we would give it to you, but we don't have any money left, so you can't get uh, blood from a stone. We're not going to pay you anything. That's going to really rub some uh, some former bureaucrats raw if they start well, losing their pay, uh, pension payments. It's, I mean, it's not just it's not just bureaucrats who are going to be affected by this, but I think a lot of people are going to be ticked off, not only by the fact that most states and the federal government are probably going to try to raise taxes, just because of the amount of debt they're incurring, they're going to have to, just even to service the interest on the debt. But they're also going to, at the same time, be cutting services. That's yep. why all the indications seem to be pointing to. So they're going to tax you more for, say, Social Security, or they're going to say they're going to be paying more, you know, they need money to keep health care programs running. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, they're going to be downsizing the benefits that people get from government, which usually aren't very good anyway, but they're probably going to be providing even less. And some people, the important part about that is some people count on those benefits. I mean, they have been raised to believe that those benefits are going to be there, and then if they get taken away, 
That's going to be a really politically unpopular situation. Obviously, these politicians don't want to be having to do this, but they're not, they're not willing to actually slash back the size of government. So they'd much rather leave the Social Security recipients and you know, the veterans out in the cold rather than uh, leave their uh, – instead of rather uh, – yeah. They'd rather leave them out in the cold and keep their pension funds intact, is, is what they would rather do. And yeah. it's, it's a cold wake-up call, I think, for a lot of people. I mean, to say, give them a little splash in the face and say, hey, uh, these governments have made all these promises to you. They're not coming through. What are you going to do? Because now you're in a situation where you thought you were going to have your income tax refund. If you're out in California, you might have been planning your year or your next six months based on the money you were expecting to get back in the Some income tax. I don't know how much people you know tend to get back from withholdings in California, but I know some people on their federal tax returns, they few plan on bucks. getting a few thousand bucks back. Some people actually, they, they, sign, you know, they don't put themselves down for any exemptions so they get the maximum withholding because they like that lump sum every year Oof, but if, you, if you're planning rough. on getting you know three thousand bucks doesn't come i mean that can set somebody back very right. seriously and of course the interesting thing is I mean, or one of the interesting things is that the government is going to renege its on its agreements and nothing will happen to it as a result of that i mean what can you do about it if the government says they're going to pay and then they don't you could sue but if they don't have money to pay you in the first place, they probably aren't going to find the money to pay you in the lawsuit. So what do you do about that? Well, and the the, the problem there is that government government isn't designed to be personal. I mean, a government is a nebulous thing. It's essentially a fiction or mm-hmm. a concept. So even if you wanted to sue people, who do you, you can sue the state the of state. California, yeah. but you're essentially suing the taxpayers in that case. Right. No judge is going to go after the individual bureaucrats or anyone like that. And to a large extent, it's not even really their decision. I mean, they, the, the, the money was probably spent or misappropriated that landed us in this mess in the first place. Money was probably misappropriated years ago. By the legislature, yeah. Yeah, and who are you going to go after? The guys who are dead? The guys who are there now? You can't go after anybody. Anybody? If you go you after try, the state, but... <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you could try to go after the state. Of course, you'd have to probably hire a lawyer, which is going to cost you some money up front in order to even go about this particular path. So, and then if the state, even if the state decides to find in your favor, if they're having a budget crunch or a budget crisis or whatever it is, they're going to say, well, we found in your favor, but we still can't pay you anything. What are you going to do about it? You can't do anything to these people. However, on the other side, the converse or whatever, if you decide that you aren't going to fund the state because, well, you guys reneged on your agreement, considering we never had an agreement for me to pay you, I'm just going to stop paying you now. I'm going to withhold my uh, income tax funds here. The people out in California, I think, have real firm ground to stand on to say, uh, yeah, we're not going to pay you any more income tax. You didn't come through on your end of the bargain, so deal's done. We're out of here. We're 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 going to just continue running our lives and running our businesses, and we're not going to send any money to you. It wouldn't be long before they started rounding people up and putting them in prison cells, but then again, they do have to release people from the prison cells, too, over there. It's a big mess. More on the way, you can bring up what you want. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, it's your show. You can bring up what you want. Just dial the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by our friends at SACL CAI, 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The 
features are completely free. And they include live streams. We've got a broadband version of the show and a dial-up version, both free for you at freetalklive.com. And normally we have a webcam version, but right now we're having some technical difficulties. So it'll be back when it's back. Have the stories of civil disobedience here in New Hampshire touched, moved, and inspired you, but you're unable, for whatever reason, to be involved? Well, now you can. The Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund at cdevolution.org allows you to care for these brave men and women by financially supporting them while they face down the organizations that operate through violence and coercion. cdevolution.org. You can contribute a one-time contribution there. You can get on board for a monthly subscription you don't even have to think about. You just sign up and uh, it debits 3 5 10 or $25 from your PayPal account. Or you can shop at newegg.freetalklive.com. And whenever you shop at newegg.freetalklive.com, ordering computer parts or whatever else uh, electronic that you need, a percentage of the sale will go, will be contributed by Free Talk Live to the Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund. And I mean 100% of the commission check. We're not keeping any of the commissions from Newegg. So 100% of the commissions that we get from newegg.freetalklive.com being contributed to the CD Evolution Fund. So uh, we continue with your phone calls, and we'll talk to Cliff in Florida. Cliff, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Cliff. Oh, wait, excuse me. Cliff on the amp line. Hello there. Hey guys. Hey, how you doing tonight? Hey, what's on your mind? I'm calling about the cities. I'm trying to figure out how can how can it be that the cities in the states are are, uh, are broke. And the reason I'm bringing this up is uh, something you mentioned a few months ago uh, from the comprehensive annual financial reports. And I thought these guys had you know a lot of money in these in these coffers. They so do. How can it be that they're broke. Well, <laughs> that's a good question. Now, I'm not an expert on the comprehensive annual financial report. I'm not an accountant, so I'm going off of what I've un- what I understand from what others have said. And I would love to be corrected if I'm wrong about any of this stuff. But it's my understanding that what a comprehensive annual financial report is is a full yearly report that every government puts out. Your local government should have one of these things. Your state governments definitely have them and the federal government has them as well. And basically, it's an accounting of all of the assets and the liabilities that the government has. And part of the Comprehensive Annual Financial Report is the budget. Now, the budget's what you always hear about when you're talking about the news media reporting on government financial stuff. So when the news media is saying that California or Kansas isn't able to uh, to meet their budget, then that means that the subsection of their whole financial picture called the budget is indeed having uh, problems. They they allocate a certain amount of the, the big pie that they have to this budget, and that's where all the focus goes. All the media focus goes to the budget portion, and nobody ever talks about the rest of it, the rest of the pie, which is this big comprehensive annual financial report where they indicate that they have all kinds of investments and, uh, I mean, big money in, in investments, that essentially what they're doing is they're taking in a whole lot of money from, from people, they're putting a little bit of it into the budget, they're making you think that that's all that they have, when in point of fact, they actually have a hell of a lot more of it, which may be one of the ways that can, or Kansas, rather, is going and essentially, perhaps they are rating their investment fund. Perhaps they are rating something else in the comprehensive report in order to balance their budget. Uh, I don't know. Does, has I, have I been making sense here? No, it makes, it makes perfect sense, and I'm, I'm, that's why I let you go on. And something I would, I would mention to all the listeners out there, I suggest you start calling uh, these, these guys over there and, and whatever you know, government you have and start asking them, if you have this money saved away, before you start taxing me, how about you start rating your own, you know, that budget? Don't tax me. Rate your own budget. You know, eat yourself. You're, you're the parasite. Start eating yourself. 
So well, they'd be rating their investments and they'd be rating their assets, <laughs> whatever their it is they have, which they don't want to that, do that's, because that's, that's their, their that's their retirement fund, Cliff. They're not going to do that. Yeah, but I'm just I'm just saying that it might be something that listeners out there might might uh, start considering doing because it doesn't make any sense. I'm, I don't want to get I don't pay a penny more in taxes. I, I'm sure it's all not going to do it. Well, I love the attitude. I I just don't know how much of a response you're going to get. I, I mean, people can call the government and complain all they want, but they're just going to blow you off. You might have better well, luck if you actually went and got. Yeah, maybe let's say you rounded up 50 like-minded individuals and crashed the local city council meeting. That might kind of stir things up. That might uh, rain on their parade a little bit. I'm not sure exactly what you could do in that particular area. But I think that these guys sit real comfy in their meetings that they have. Because usually the only people that are coming in there to talk to them are kind of the, the, the local busybodies. We lost Cliff. Uh, the local busybodies will come in and they'll complain because they want a, you know, a new uh, stop sign put in somewhere or people are speeding too quickly down their street and that kind of thing. Just you know, little complaints about the, the government and it's usually just a couple of them. But if you actually organize a group of, uh, of local activists and interested parties to, to do something about whatever the situation is, you want to do something about, then they'll respond, I think, a little more positively because these politicians, they do want to be liked. One thing is for sure about politicians, they want to be liked by as many people as they can possibly be liked by. Well, they want votes. I mean, right. maybe psychologically they like to be liked. I think most people do. But if people like you, they're probably going to vote for you mm-hmm. or donate to your campaign or help you run for office. I wouldn't expect miracles out of going in with a group of people into a city council meeting, but it'd be better than just picking up the phone and telling them what you think. I don't think the individual action of, say, one person calling in and saying, I'm not going to pay any more taxes, mm-hmm. I don't think that has much of an impact. Maybe bringing a group of people into a city council meeting has an impact. But I, I think the only time when it starts to have an impact is where it's happening in a lot of different communities and in many different, maybe even across many different states. You might see governments start to back off if the the public attitude, the general sentiment out there We've really starts to shift. Yeah. And, you know, you have to start somewhere. So if you've had it, let it I, I don't see anything wrong with letting them know that. Don't expect them to change on your account. They no. don't really care what... You, that individual person, think, but they might start to care when it's what their constituents as a collective think. If they perceive a movement, then it may be a little bit more relevant to them. And again, I'm not somebody that necessarily thinks politics is the best way to achieve freedom. All that said, however, I have seen some evidence recently here in New Hampshire that it's kind of working. To some extent, the uh, the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance is really making some headway at nhliberty.org using the political channel. So th- there's some positive indicators out there. Personally, I don't think uh, I, I think that civil disobedience is a it's a very useful tool, but I think it actually works better when there is a sort of a political system to push in one direction. It, it, when you're when you don't have anybody interested in the political side of things and you're only doing civil disobedience. If no one's going to make any change, people can say, wow, that's awful the way they treated you. If mm-hmm. no one's going to try to change things based on that, I don't know how much merit that has. And the same thing being said, guys just doing the same old boring politics thing, in most places it hasn't had a very good track record. But when you can put a human face on the cost of, say, drug laws like Andrew Carroll did here in Keene, yeah. you you have a tool there to actually – change the laws and actually get the government out of your life and to make the general public see your side of the story, not just from an intellectual standpoint, 
but from an emotional one as well. And this may be a good time in this economic climate that we have right now, maybe a real good time for people to, if they want to do the political thing, I know that there are municipal elections coming up here this year in New Hampshire, to run on a real strong message of small uh, small government, reducing the size of the state, take the small government pledge that actually you know, you're putting your name on an actual document that says that you're serious about reducing the size of the state, and maybe you'll get more votes this time around because people are hurting. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free. So enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And some of those features, by the way, include the bulletin board system. We've got over 400,000 posts for you to surf around through. A whole lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, Fun stuff to serious issues. You'll find it all being discussed at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. The 57th running of America's legendary sports car classic runs Saturday, March 21st at Sebring International Raceway. The Mobile One 12 Hours of Sebring, presented by Fresh from Florida, features the fastest race cars in the world. Gates open Wednesday, March 18th for four days of action, culminating with a big 12-hour classic on Saturday, March 21st. For ticket information, visit SebringRaceway.com. It is the biggest sports car race of them all, Sebring. 12 hours of Sebring. Go to SebringRaceway.com. 800-259-9231 as we continue here with your phone calls about what you want. It's Cody in Arizona. Cody, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. How are you doing tonight? What's on your mind tonight, Cody? Um, okay. Here's my situation. Uh, I'm a senior in high school, and uh, I've been offered uh, state uh, scholarship money for college next year. And uh, being a liberty-minded uh, person, do you think it would be ethical for me to uh, accept that? I think that there is no problem. I mean, you've probably been paying taxes. Have you been working? Yeah, I've had a job for two years. My parents have paid taxes uh, their whole life, so that was kind of my issue. And I still feel a little weird accepting from the state. I agree with you. It is weird. I, I you know, Generally, I would advise against it uh, if it was like a welfare check or something like that. A lot of times, money from the government is going to come, well, come with strings attached to it. So usually, I would recommend people stay away from it. However, if it's something for a scholarship and you've paid money into the system, I don't see that there's anything wrong with essentially reclaiming uh, some of the money that the gangsters stole from what, you. What school would you be going to? Uh, Arizona, a, Arizona State. Arizona, sorry. Oh, go ahead. Uh, Arizona State uh, University. They're, I mean, they are ready. Even if you paid out of your pocket, you're already going to be using facilities that have, to some extent, I They're imagine, been subsidized yeah. by state money. So, yeah, sure. I mean, I, I, it's kind of a, if you were to refuse the the scholarship money and still go to Arizona State, if you're going to be that principled about it you might as well not go to Arizona State. And I would advise you to go the other way with it. And, you know, you you have been paying taxes. Just 
just take the money and and go. Right. As as long as there are no um, significant restrictions on the money that's really going to affect your life otherwise, I mean... If, for instance, you were going to take welfare from the government and that meant that you had to open up your home to them for inspections or who knows what other things you'd have to, what other hoops you'd have to jump through in order to get your hands on the money, then I would say that's an easy way to say no. Uh, plus, it's just a, generally, it's just a bad idea to get hooked on money from the government. And as long as you're cognizant of what it is that's going on, and it sounds like you are, you know exactly what it is you're getting into here, you realize that it's, it's a little bit of an icky situation. You'd probably rather not be involved in, but then again, you know, you did pay in and they did extract that money from you. So you are essentially just reclaiming the money that uh, you paid in and you'll be paying more in after you get out of college, too. So keep that in mind as well. All right. Uh, well, that's all I got tonight. Thanks, guys. Cody, Thank for you. the call. I appreciate it. 800-259-9231. I mean, it's, you know, the gang. Uh, the government is a gang. They're a gang of violent men, uh, potentially violent men and women who are willing to use force on you in order to get their way. They've demanded that you uh, pay them tribute. And, of course, like a good little citizen, you've paid them because, well, you don't want to go to a jail cell. And so they've gotten your money, and if the gang decides to, as Mark, I think, would put it, go into the center of town and start handing out, uh, cutting checks to you, there's, is there any, something inherently wrong with going and getting your check from them? I would say no. And in the same way, somebody could make the argument that, you know, you're unprincipled, Nick, for going and using the, uh, the local uh, the, the television facilities, the, the community TV facilities, but... You know, you pay money in rent, and that money goes into uh, that money goes into the government. Or if you've if you've got the the local television cable, uh, if you've got cable, then you're paying money into that service. And I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with with taking that back. N- yeah, no, I mean it is a fine line to walk. But I mean, if you're going to go to the extent that I'm not going to use anything that was used, yeah, you know, was built with stolen tax, you can't leave money. your house. Can't, yeah, are you going to drive on the road? Oh well, I have to use that. Well. Right. You don't have to. You re- if you real if you really think that that's somehow morally wrong, then don't leave your house. Have a friend bring something to you or something like that. Yeah, but then the friend's using that same road. So well, still the road bene- the road benefited though. you by bringing you the uh, the food or products that you needed. Yeah, I, it's, it's kind of hard to get away from government right. in the paradigm that we live in, and so we have to deal with it. Yeah, as I, best we can. And, and uh, if you looked at something like a scholarship. My guess is that they appropriate a certain amount of money like for a certain number of scholarships mm-hmm. every year. And if you don't take it, somebody else is going to take it. I mean, they will find a bum on the street to give, pretty much give it to, I would imagine, because it's not their money. And they're the government, and they're going to give it away. So, you know, if they're throwing money out of a dump truck, you might as well be the one who catches it. Absolutely. 1-800-259-9231. Always staying cognizant of what it is that you're doing and never allowing yourself to get to the point of being hooked on such things. Oh, yeah. So, toll-free 800-259-9231. There is some uh, news about the Pirate Bay. Over at Wired, they've been covering the Pirate Bay trial in detail. And the the initial story has a lot of good information in it here. So I'm going to get that out, and then we'll give you the update that they posted today. The much-anticipated criminal trial of the Pirate Bay's operators begins or began yesterday in Stockholm Criminal Court. The men behind the notorious BitTorrent tracking service, known for pointing the way to pirated movies, games, music, and pirated software games, music, and movies, are accused of contributory contributory copyright infringement and face up to two years in prison each, in addition to fines as high as $180,000. Now, it's important to point out here 
that all the Pirate Bay does is allows you to link to torrent files. The Pirate Bay doesn't actually host any pirated software, music, or movies. It hosts it, it. In fact, it doesn't even host all the torrent files that are available through its website. It linked to many of them in other places on the internet. So basically, for for those who are not even familiar with torrent files, because a lot of people no, most people are not. Um, basically, the information is sitting on other personal computers, mm-hmm. but they're not sitting on the server for this website. Correct. This the website is kind of giving you the, movies, They're kind or, of giving you a map, if you will. The website's sort of giving you a map, a digital map that allows you to find the music, movies, and software that you might be looking for and so that's and they're going after the pirate bay because well they are the biggest offenders if you will they're the the most high profile piracy website out there now we've talked on the show before about how the term piracy is is inappropriate here i think it's more appropriate to just say sharing these people are sharing files and the government and the mpaa and the ria these recording and motion picture associations they hate this. They hate the fact that people are out there sharing files, and they're frustrated by the fact that they know they can't do anything about it. So what they've decided to do is go after the the people that are running the websites and try to show them what's for, try to essentially hold them up and make an example out of them, punish them to the maximum extent they possibly can in the pathetic attempt to stop people from sharing files. It hasn't worked in the past. There have been other people who's have that, who have had their websites go down. In fact, this story will tell you about them. Uh, Pirate Bay operators are not the first to be attacked here. They're just probably the largest profile of, of all of the other operators out there. And so they're going to go after them. And even if they do convict the Pirate Bay guys, that's not going to do anything to stop file sharing on the Internet. They are not going to be able to stop it. And I think it really frustrates, uh, really frustrates them. Is the Pirate Bay down at the moment? No, absolutely not. But I didn't think it would be. In fact, they uh, they talk about that here as well. Uh, so they're looking at fines of up to $180,000. The defendants, according to the prosecutor, they have uh, summarized the charges as promoting other people's infringements of copyright laws. The trial is expected to be closely followed by law enforcement agencies, Internet surfers, Hollywood, and others. Among other things, it represents the first prosecution of its kind in Sweden, a country once thought of as a bastion of the liberal laws that gave rise to the Pirate Bay five years ago. We'll continue the story here in moments and take your calls about what you want. If the Pirate Bay guys end up spending two years in prison, is that going to scare you away from downloading music and movies? If you are a user of such services and you want to share your thoughts, please do. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's, whoa, we just lost our ISDN. That's not a good sign. Well, hopefully uh, GCN will be calling us back here shortly, and we'll be able to continue doing the radio version of this program. We do have some alternate connection options, if that is what is necessary to uh, to keep things going here. We'll give them a few seconds before exploring such options so right now we are only live on the internet and apparently we are back i'm hoping we stay back sometimes when these problems happen they either go away immediately or they continue happening for the rest of the night so we'll keep our fingers crossed here 
So we are continuing here, sorry for the technical difficulties, talking about the Pirate Bay trial going on in Stockholm right now. Uh, Also, by the way, visit our website at freetalklive.com to enjoy all the features there free. And if you like the show, you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. And you can buy virtually anything you need there. Dozens of categories in which to shop, including used items. So get your shopping done at amazon.freetalklive.com. And feel good because a percentage of your purchase is going to Free Talk Live. Now then, Wired Magazine reporting on the trial, the Pirate Bay trial. They're calling it a landmark trial. It is the first one ever to take place in Sweden, which was once thought of as a bastion uh, for piracy or file sharing, as we prefer to call it here. According to the Motion Picture Association of America, they say the operators of the Pirate Bay have exploited the creative efforts of others for years by enabling the illegal distribution of audio, visual, and other creative works on a vast scale while making a profit for themselves. The association, the international counterpart, rather, to the Motion Picture Association of America, added, It's important that the people responsible for operating the Pirate Bay are dealt with by the appropriate law enforcement authorities in Sweden. Well, it's important to them so they can send a message to the pirate community to really show them how serious they are. But don't they get the point that people who are sharing files are not going to stop simply based on this conviction? I don't know if they get that. I think they believe that it's kind of the law enforcement, uh, the law and order mentality, the idea that, well, if we just crack down hard enough on those drug users, they'll stop using drugs. We don't don't need these 10-year prison terms. We need death. Death penalty for drug users. I mean, we've heard people say these things, and in response, we'll ask them, well, in the countries they have death penalties for drug users, do people not use drugs? Of course they continue to use drugs. It just means that the business end of things is a lot more risky than it would otherwise be. So, uh, of course, people are going to continue file sharing. In fact, the Pirate Bay people end up addressing that point here in moments. In the United States, eight torrent tracker administrators and content pirates have pleaded guilty to or been convicted in an investigation that began in operation in 2005 dubbed Operation D-Elite. But such prosecutions are rare and usually focus on defendants who specialize in pre-released material. The majority of com- uh, copyright enforcement in the United States is handled in civil lawsuits brought by the copyright owners, including the MPAA and the RIAA. Rick Falvinge, the leader of the anti-copyright pirate party in Sweden. That's right. They actually have a political party in Sweden called the Pirate Party. Uh, he said that uh, told the local that the Pirate Bay scares the establishment. He said they're fighting tooth and nail to bring back the good old days where there was a hard division into approved senders and passive consumer receivers where the approved senders would compete for the wallet of the consumers. Essentially, they're trying to turn the Internet into a cable TV network. And he's right. I mean, these guys are essentially the old guard, the RIAA, the MPAA. They're old dinosaurs. They're out of date. They refuse to adjust their business models to... I don't think they know how to adjust their business models. They may not be able to. They know that people want to get the files for free or very close to free, and they haven't figured out a way to make money through advertising on some model. I mean, some, some TV networks are starting to get it. They're putting their content online yes. with far fewer ads than you would see on cable. Right, a 30-second uh, spot is usually all you get yeah, in the spot for breaks. A, for a half-hour program. And, you know, there, there, I think Hulu.com is one website that's having success on the TV side. Mm-hmm. Yep. But there H-U-L-U. are other, other industries have not figured that out. Or they, they're unwilling to do it because they want to hold on to the larger profit margin 
that they get from you know CD sales or DVD sales, and yep. I just don't think. They're going to be able to hold the line on that one, it's no true. how the, many people they prosecute. I think you're right. The business is going to change. I mean, the business is going to, as you say, maybe make a little bit less money, maybe make a lot less money. Who knows how things... I mean, Obviously, some businesses don't even exist anymore. Farriers, uh, they barely exist. Typewriters, you can st- still get ribbons here and there, but I mean that barely exists. Horse-drawn carriages barely exist anymore. So how bad will things get for the recording industry? I don't know. But if they focus more on how they can profit in the new media world, that will be more productive for them than flailing about and attacking their customers. Because the reality of the, the so-called world of piracy is many people will use the pirate uh, the pirate bay and the other websites out there like it to sample software and to sample music and to sample movies and if they like what they're getting then they go and they buy it and that's that is a reality now does everyone who uses that website go out and buy the software or buy the movies of course they don't but there is a, a large amount of the people that are engaging in file sharing that absolutely are willing to go out and support the artists that they appreciate Anyway, according to the pirate, or according to this, the story here at Wired, the Pirate Bay doesn't directly host copyrighted content. What it does do is it hosts torrent files that point to where chunks of the music, movies, or software live on uploaders' computers. The torrent files, in essence, act as a locator, allowing the Pirate Bay's more than 22 million users to download the content thereafter. 22? 22 million users of one website. Now, that doesn't include the other torrent websites that are out there competing for the eyes of those users. They all have their own user bases for whatever reasons. And we're not even talking about uh, the other file-sharing methods out there. We're only talking about torrents right now. They still have the, the Kazaas and the other uh, file-sharing softwares that are out there operating, eDonkey, various other uh, software that you can use that doesn't even exist in the realm of the torrents. So there are so many different ways for people to get their hands on this uh, this content. Well, I mean, it's all... All it is is data. I mean, it doesn't matter whether you're sharing your term paper or mm-hmm. a music file. It might be a lot more data, and somebody else might try to claim the copyright to it. But all it is is zeros and ones, and it's very easy to move information around on the Internet because that's what the network was designed to do. The pir- there's just no way to stop that. The Pirate Bay is not a pirate site. No copyrighted works are touching it in any way, said a California lawyer. Ultimately, if you want to look into getting any kind of pragmatic remedy, they would need to go after those who the copyright holder believes is actually hosting the infringing content or who is the source of the infringing content. He suggested Google is more liable for infringement than the Pirate Bay. The search engine provides millions of direct links to unauthorized copyrighted works. So that's a great point. If the Pirate Bay is guilty for linking to torrents that have act that will access you pirated software or pirated movies, then why not go after Google? Why not go after every search engine out there? Because when you type in, if you type in a, that you're looking for a torrent of a recent movie release, the Pirate Bay and 50 other torrent ser- sites are going to come up in Google. If you're going to indict a torrent search engine, search engine, in essence, what you're doing is indicting Google, and everybody agrees with the social utility of Google, he said. All the while, the public's thirst for pirated material is unquenchable. Movie studios, record labels, and software and video game makers claim that they lose billions each year to piracy. A year ago, the Pirate Bay had 8 million users. Now it claims more than 22. Worldwide, there's countless numbers of tracking services similar to the Pirate Bay, and the sites can make money by selling advertising. The Pirate Bay operators say their servers 
members are located outside of Sweden and therefore are out of the government's reach. They maintain that whatever the outcome of the trial, which again, these guys are looking at uh, up to two years in prison and over $180,000 in fines, the Pirate Bay, they vow, will continue online. True or not, it likely doesn't matter. According to the Electronic Frontier Foundation staff attorney, is what he said, During Prohibition, you could bust people for running a still, but you weren't going to take alcohol away from the people. If the Pirate Bay goes down, it'll be replaced by, rather, it will be replaced in popularity tomorrow by somebody else. And it's so true. I, I imagine their competitors are probably, on some level, hoping that these guys get convicted or shut down because those 22 million users are going to be looking they're going to have to go somewhere Mm -hmm. and they will find a website i mean those alternatives are already there so it's just a matter of them you know deciding to click over to another page and again they can just keep going after them and shutting them down this has been the history over the the entire time we've been doing free talk live we've been talking about the issue of software sharing of file sharing on the internet and we've watched these pathetic antiquated old organizations, these old dinosaurs, the RIAA, the MPAA, just clawing and thrashing in their death throes. And I wish they would just die already because they're t- they are hurting people in the process. They're, they're hurting the occasional website operators. Sometimes they'll actually go after the downloaders. They're going after their own customers. It's an insane, self-defeating, destructive process that needs to end. And it, they'll never win. They can't win against 22 million million people. What are you going to do? Are you going to start building prisons for piracy? There's not enough people to guard them. That's a good point. Well, more coming up here. Hour number three is on the way. You can bring up what you want, your thoughts on file sharing or whatever is on your mind. It's Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up what you want. Just dial the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. As we launch here into Hour 3, going right back into your phone calls, Jeremy is on the line in Montana. Hello, Jeremy. You're on Free Talk Live. Good evening, fellas. Thanks for taking my call. What's on your mind tonight? Yeah, I had a couple of things uh, about that uh, young man that called about as far as ethics go with uh, scholarships and stuff like that. I don't think you should have any ethics as far as getting money from the government because they're not going to have anything for him because they're just going to end up ripping that money off from him and uh, probably more so later on down the road, if he starts investing it in 401ks or anything, you know, they're going to reap it back out of them. And the other thing is, as far as the uh, sharing on the Internet and stuff like that, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, if, if these bands really cared about making money, why don't they get off their butts and tour to make their money instead of whining about people listening 
to their music on the internet. I mean, do I, I don't know how much it is the bands as it is the actual bureaucrats that essentially run the RIAA. And I know they're not really bureaucrats, but they're just so entitled. Uh, they they just feel so entitled to their uh, their their money that they've been getting paid all of these years. Uh, they're the fees that they make on every sale of a CD, on every broadcast of a song. Uh, they're just so used to that money just rolling in, and it really irks them that it's not happening anymore. I'm sure there are some people that are in bands that are also in favor of the RIAA, but it's really the RIAA that's the face of it all. You remember uh, Metallica, how much of a bitch they put up, you know? Yeah, and then they then they came over onto the, uh, the, the good side, didn't they? Yeah, later on, I mean, because the fans got pissed off at them yep. for being... Whiner, you know? I, I remember I was pissed. It's one of the reasons I pulled them out of my music bed rotation. I used to play. I used to play Metallica in the uh, the, the intro beds and the outro beds on the show, and I don't anymore because they were a bunch of jerks. Thanks, Jeremy, for the call tonight, dude. Good hearing from you, as always. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. And the, I mean, there are quite a few bands out there that are uh, they they are trying to adapt their business models. A lot of bands make a decent amount of their income off of. T-shirt sales and ticket sales, and and fans will still tend to buy a CD if they're a real fan of a particular band. Absolutely, They might download the music, but they'll buy CDs too. I know my favorite bands, I will download music, and I have their stuff, you know, that I downloaded without permission. I didn't pay Uh 99 cents or whatever it was. Don't tell them where you live, Nick. But I did buy the CDs of the bands I liked. Not not even so much because that well I want to support them and making their art. It was more just because I like the band and I want to actually own the CD. And I think there is something a little bit different to people about physically owning a, a copy of it instead of just having it in digital. Form. For a lot of people, that's true. I think you're absolutely right. For me, I don't I don't really listen to music anymore. So my example is Penn and Teller's BS. Uh, it's a television show that I I think is absolutely excellent. And I've purchased every single season on DVD. However, considering I don't have cable, and I'm not going to buy cable just to have one channel that I want to watch, the Showtime Network, which is what, that's the network that airs Penn & Teller's BS. I'm not going to pay $60 a month to have cable and then however much extra on top to have Showtime. I'm not going to pay that just to get access to one television show that only airs one, you know, it only airs at certain live times that I can listen to or I can watch it at those particular times, which I may not even be be available to uh, to watch it at those times. I'm not going to pay all that money. I download Penn and Teller's BS, and then I buy it on DVD. Now I'd buy it on DVD uh, if it was available sooner, but I buy it as soon as it is available. It comes out on TV first. It comes out on torrent, you know, a few hours later. I download the torrent for Penn and Teller's BS. I watch it. I enjoy the show. If I enjoy the show, I buy the DVD. So I am, and it is a conscious choice for me to say. I like this show, and I know that as a consumer in the marketplace, if I want my favorite show to keep making more of itself, I need to put my money into it. Because if I don't do it, I can't expect everybody else to do it as well. So I understand that if I don't pay for the things that I like in life, there's a good chance they're going to go away. You know, if you like a, a product on a shelf at a supermarket, you should buy that product so they know that you want to make, uh, so they know to make more of it to put back on the shelf. It's the same thing with uh, with with electronics like or electronic downloadable things like music and movies. 
if you don't support them, you can't expect everybody else to do it as well. And if nobody supports them, they're going to go away. And that's not what we want to happen. I don't think that's what anybody who's a fan of a band or a, or an artist or a musician or whatever or a producer or director I don't, or actor, I don't think anybody wants that to happen. No, but it, it, I mean, it's a relatively new thing for artists to make money off of a recording of their whatever performance they do. I mean, whether you're a musician or an actor, for most of human history, we've had those people, but there were there was no means to record music or whatever medium it was. So it just wasn't done. They had to make their money through live performances. And with, with the number of people you can pack into a lot of the venues these days, you can still make a very good living doing just live performances. Sure. And that's what people, from my experience of knowing people who've been in music, that's one of the things they love the most about doing music is the performing of the music. If they, yeah, going into the studio and cutting an album is is fun and everything, but... They, they, a lot of them really feed off of being up on stage and experiencing that, you know, the impact of that, that, that it has having all those people out in front of you and, and being up there and getting to have those people listening to what it is that you've created, uh, the, the music that you've created. It's a really exciting thing for the people that do that. And so, I mean, I think there's a, there's a big difference between somebody who's musically interested to that level as opposed to kind of the, you know, the produced boy bands that aren't really as well, interested in performing there and are a not lot as interested of, in music. There are a lot of bands out there, I feel, that aren't really all that into it for the art itself. They essentially are in it to make as much money as possible. Yeah. Well, and, they've been put together by some sort of record label producer, and it's all very well packaged and presented, and they 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 probably can't perform. They're, they're just singers or whatever, and they need multiple takes, that kind of thing. Well, the 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 upside to having so much, so much media available through downloading is the fact that bands that don't have a deal with a record label, and most musical groups out there aren't signed with a record label, mm-hmm. it's pretty difficult to get signed, they can get their music out there to fans, yes. and they can build a career without a record label if they want to. And they have been. And to some extent, I, I think that's why... The labels are are more pissed off about this than the actual bands. Absolutely, that, they're it, the middlemen. Well, yeah, and they're it, being cut out of the picture. Well, yeah, and the, you know the recording industry can't do live performances. All they do is re- recording. Mm-hmm. So you know they have nowhere else to go. If if CDs and people paying for recorded music goes by the wayside, so does the recording industry. But that's the way the cookie crumbles. I mean that's. Things change, and oh, the, yeah. no amount of complaining or court cases is going to change the fact that things are changing. But they'll keep trying. I mean, they will they, flail as much as they possibly can on their way down the inevitable drain. They, they, they're certainly doing a good job of it so far. Toll-free number here, 800-259-9231. Uh, we'll give, give you a quick update on the Pirate Bay case from today's news in a moment. But first, we'll go to Mac in Georgia. Mac, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Nick. How's it going, guys? Hey, Mac. What's on your mind tonight? Um, I was listen to the podcast from um, yesterday, and I remembered I like I was meant to call you know, about the city council meeting. It was last week about the um, St. Patrick's Day. Now, what was this about? Was this the taxi cab thing where they were trying to make you guys wear uniforms or something? Oh, that's, that was a few months ago, but I called last week about the um, taxi cab. Not taxi cab. The St. Patrick's Day is going to make the changes, and everybody was worried that it was going to chase off a lot of business. What changes are they going to make on St. Patty's Day? I forget. Please re- refresh um, me. It's going to take us the gates around um certain parts of downtown, which is 
like where most of the rough stuff happens. They was going to get rid of the wristbands. They were going to ban out those sales of beers. I mean, you know, it's not like little stuff, but it's like... So they're cracking down stuff. on people having fun on St. Patty's Day? Is that what you're suggesting? Pretty much. Gotcha. But um, went to the city council meeting. The mayor did his, his um, state of the city, everything. Boring. But, um, it's boring. Up. So what happened? Pretty much long story short, I made a complete fool of myself. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. They, I, they're I the ones that are making fools of themselves by uh, pretending like the they're important. Out. I called the cops out about um, them giving other drunk cops for, um, preferential treatment. <laughs> Thank you for the call tonight, Mac. More on the way. You bring up what you want. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Just dial the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. As always, a lot to talk about here tonight. If you make the calls, we will talk to you about what you want. Otherwise, we'll uh, give you the latest on the Pirate Bay case. We were talking about it last hour. It's a landmark trial happening in Sweden where this has never happened before. It's the first trial of its kind. They're going after the operators of the Pirate Bay website for essentially for facilitating piracy, for allowing people to find files on the Internet, movies, music, software. The Pirate Bay itself doesn't host the files. It hosts torrents, which are kind of like little digital maps uh, to where the files are actually located on the Internet, which is various different users' computers scattered across the world. Uh, So it's a lot more difficult for the RIAA or the MPAA to go after the end users of these clients. It's much more difficult for them rather than um, what they are doing, which is going after the operators of the websites that host the files, that host the torrent files. And that's what they're trying to do. The Pirate Bay is the most, uh, the probably the largest profile of all of the various different file sharing websites on the internet. And so obviously the RIAA and MPAA are just salivating in hopes that the operators will be sentenced to jail and fined. And that's what they're looking at up to $180,000 in fines and up to two years in prison. Latest from the case from Wired.com, where prosecutors in Stockholm dropped half of the charges in the landmark trial of the Pirate Bay file-sharing site today, leaving observers stunned and prompting questions about the government's preparedness in the long-awaited criminal proceeding. Prosecutor Haken Ro- Rosewall said, I will drop all charges that relate to producing infringing copies and will hence restrict the prosecution to the act of making works available to the public. When I talk about making something available to the public, I mean making available torrent files. At an intermission, Mr. Roswall cl- uh, refused to clarify the change of heart to reporters. Ask... As you can see, I have a lot of other things to think about, he said. There will be new adjusted charges distributed on paper tomorrow. Four men associated with the defiant BitTorrent tracking site are on trial for contributory contributory copyright infringement, and they all face up to two years in prison each, up to $180,000 in fines. The Pirate Bay supporters quickly claimed victory in the blogosphere, and many expressed astonishment at the course correction. This was, after all, supposed to be the seminal piracy prosecution, with Hollywood throwing the kitchen sink at a few defiant Swedish computer nerds. 
Peter Donowski, the attorney representing the music labels, downplayed the reduction in charges, saying that it's largely a technical issue that changes nothing in terms of our compensation claims and has no bearing whatsoever on the main case against the Pirate Bay. In fact, it simplifies the prosecutor's case by allowing him to focus on the main issue, which is the making available of copyrighted works. The move is remarkable because of the extensive groundwork the content industries and the prosecutor has laid for the case. The MPAA and other, or MPA rather, and other plaintiffs had collected evidence for many months by participating in file sharing torrent swarms, dumping screenshots of downloads in progress, and collecting information before the raid in which 195 computers were trucked away by the police. The prosecutor led an investigation for two and a half years after that. They have specified 21 works of music, 9 movies, and 3 computer games that were allegedly infringed. The Pirate Bay defendants were not charged with direct copyright infringement, but only in assisting in committing such acts. So if you allow your son to use your computer and he downloads a music file from the Internet, does that mean that you're guilty of assisting him in committing that act? It, I suppose it could be. I mean, What if, if you, I sold you the computer? I don't know. I mean, if you, if you, uh, from what it sounds like, they're saying making copyrighted material available. So if I left my car unlocked and I say left a, a movie in there that got stolen, or some my, one of my friends just picked it up and took it home and watched it, would that qualify? Are we I assisting mean, by telling people about the Pirate Bay in the first place, or by doing this radio show and talking about the various different pirate uh, file sharing options out there, like the Pirate Bay or Mininova.org or Torrents with a Z dot com? Are we assisting in that process? You might be. I don't know. <laughs> uh, under Swedish law, prosecutors must prove that defendants engaged in facilitating for other people to make available a copyrighted protected work via transmission on the Internet in a specific file on a specific date. The hitch in the prosecutor's plan hinges on Pirate, uh, Pirate Bay's dual functionality. The site includes a tracker that coordinates communication between peers downloading and uploading files. By the way, we use the Pirate Bay tracker on the Free Talk Live torrents. Now, Free Talk Live's torrents are not – they're full month-long folders full of archives. When you click one of the torrent files on our website at freetalklive.com, you're, you, for instance, can grab the entire month of January, all of the shows in the month of January in one fell swoop via the torrents. It makes it really easy to d- distribute that information. We're using their tracker. So even though Pirate Bay is running a tracker, it doesn't mean that 100% of the files on its tracker are criminal. It doesn't mean that they are illegal or that they're being illegally shared. It, there could be all kinds of legitimate content that's using the Pirate Base tracker system. So it's all about what the users of the system do. There certainly could be. I will play devil's advocate, though, and say that it is pretty obvious that what they were doing, I mean, the, the purpose of the site was to allow people to download copyrighted material. Sure. So... You know, I think that when the judge is looking at this, he is going to be looking at what their intention was. Were they intending to allow people to download a whole bunch of copyrighted movies yes, and music? Yes, absolutely. Yes. And so, you know, I, I think you you know that you can make a point about, well, their torrents, the data is actually on other people's computers. But what it, I mean, really what it boils down to is they, they were providing a service that allowed people access to all kinds of copyrighted material. 
Toll-free number here for your thoughts at 800-259-9231. I don't, I don't think that really justifies the prosecution. <laughs> I agree. The move, uh, by the way, may be prompted in part by the defendant's opening statements on Monday. Pirate Bay co-founder Frederick Nige discussed the so-called trackerless torrents, which use a distributed hash table, or DHT, and don't even rely on a torrent tracker at all. Uh, he's told Wired.com later that we believe he dropped the charges after having Googled all night about DHT. They said they boasted they were just scratching the surface of the flaws in the government case and they would raise deeper technical points later in the trial. So apparently the defense has a plan here. It remains to be seen whether facilitating making, uh, making torrent files available is enough to commit the criminal act of assisting in copyright infringement. The leader of the Pirate Party in Sweden says absolutely not. If they can claim that facilitating for others to publish a torrent file which contains no copyright protected information whatsoever, then this shows they want to shut down the Internet for good. And that's where the trial stands now. They've dropped several charges, and it continues on tomorrow. Yeah, and I really think that regardless of where you stand on the issue of intellectual property, because I know that you know from a from a philosophical standpoint, I have mixed feelings. I mean, I feel that artists do have some right to be compensated for their works, but it, the, the consequences to the freedom of the internet would just be devastating. If yeah. the government actually had a way that it could stop the ability of people to share information. And that's all this is, is sharing information, whether it's copyrighted or not. It's, it, and it's they don't have that system. So no matter what they do, they're just causing aggravation for people. They're never going to stop people from downloading copyrighted material. Toll-free number here, 800-259-9231. It's a reality. They couldn't stop people from taking uh, cassette tapes and dubbing their LPs to cassette tape and giving them out to their friends. And they're not going to be able to stop this because it's even more wide, uh, widely distributed, even more widely participated in with over 22 million users on that one site alone. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Hey, podcast listeners. I've been working with a couple of advertisers who have concerns about the ages of our podcast listenership. Generally, the younger the person, the more likely they are to fill out a survey. We need to counteract this trend. Please, take a moment to go to survey.freetalklive.com and let us know your age and sex. That's survey.freetalklive.com, especially if you're over 25. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can bring up what you want. Just dial toll-free to 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com as we continue here. And by the way, I want to tell you about adameve.com. They've got a special offer for you. Go to adameve.com and get 50% off of one item. When you type FTL for the offer code coupon checkout plus, with your order of $17 or more, they'll throw in a free gift. Get 50% off with your offer code FTL at adameve.com. That's adameve.com. And don't forget, you can always download uh, full archives. We were talking about torrents a few moments ago. You can grab a torrent full of archives. We've got monthly torrents at freetalklive.com. Or you can just grab the last six days. It goes back for an entire year. All of the archives are totally free. We're not going to come after you with copyright violation charges for taking Free Talk Live. We want you to have this show in your hands, so enjoy it on us at freetalklive.com. You call in about what you want. Otherwise, we go to the news here where we've got some drug war updates, and it's not good. 
There's a story out of Virginia. According to StopTheDrugWar.org, a Virginia jury on Wednesday convicted Ryan Frederick of voluntary manslaughter in the shooting death of a police officer during a no-knock drug raid. Prosecutors asked for, and the jury recommended, a 10-year prison sentence for the 28-year-old resident of Chesapeake. The trial judge will make the final determination in a May hearing. The jury didn't convict Frederick of capital murder as the prosecutors had sought, so apparently he got less time than uh, he would have killed the cop and only got 10 years. Some people would call that a victory if you were a defense attorney. Uh, it's a real sour victory. Yes, it is. Uh, nor was he found guilty of marijuana production. The police raid was in search of an alleged grow operation, but only, uh, but apparently they only found him within uh, possession of a small amount of marijuana. So he so was not it a was, grower. He, it, they did have the correct address, though. I'm not sure. On, uh, here's the details on the case. On January 17th, local police executing a search warrant based on the word of a questionable snitch who admitted burglarizing Frederick's home days earlier began breaking down Frederick's door, saying he thought he was under assault from violent unknown intruders. He picked up his rifle and fired a shot through the door, killing Officer Jared Shivers, whose job it was to break down doors during raids. As Frederick put it himself in a jailhouse interview shortly after the incident, he said he was sleeping in a back room because his job as a soft drink merchandiser required him to get up early. His dogs, Dora and Bud, were in the house. He woke up because his dogs were barking like crazy. They're going really crazy, so I grabbed my gun. As I'm walking through the hall, someone comes busting through my door. Intruders were pushing through the bottom panels of the four-panel door, he said. The lighting in the house was dim. Frederick said he didn't hear anyone say police or see any identification. I was like, oh God, if I don't shoot, then he's going to kill me. I think I shot twice. I can't remember. Remember, it happened so fast, all I know is the gun jammed. Frederick said he then went into the back bedroom to get to a telephone. When he realized police were outside, he walked out of the house and surrendered. In tears at times, Frederick said he doesn't grow or sell marijuana. He had a smoking bong or, and a small bag of marijuana in the house, he said. The raid and its unfortunate outcome for all involved added to rising concerns among civil libertarians and drug reform advocates about the apparently routine resort of SWAT-style tactics employed against small-scale drug offenders and all too often completely innocent parties. The particulars in this case also raise serious questions about the quality of justice in that particular part of Virginia. For a closer look, you can try Radley Balco's detailed coverage for Reason Magazine's hit-and-run blog at reason.com. Also, theagitator.org is Radley Balco's website. I, uh, I don't see why they, they tend to, It seems like they tend to do these no-knock raids when they suspect that drugs are involved. But mm-hmm. why aren't they doing it for other search warrants? If they suspect somebody has received stolen property or maybe they are, we're just hearing about illegal it. pornography. Why aren't they busting down the doors without announcing themselves? Maybe they are. Maybe it's just that the drug raids happen so often that I mean, we yeah, hear about it more that, often. that might be a big part of it. But if they can do it for drugs, they can do it for anything. Don't and encourage I'm, them, Nick. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, I don't know if they are yet or not. I'm just trying to, you know, some people might be on the fence about the war on drugs who are out there listening. And I'm just trying to say to people that if they can do it for one search warrant, they can do it for any search warrant. And as this story illustrates, the how they get the search warrants, they're not always basing it on very credible evidence or very credible witnesses, a lot of times these people are just snitches who make stuff up to try to get out of their own conviction. It's so true. And it's so scary, too. I mean, just thinking about it as as a homeowner, or you don't even have to be a homeowner, just somebody who lives in a house. 
thinking about how scary it is that if the cops decide they ra- they want to raid your house and you decide you want to defend yourself because you don't know who the intruders are, it's four in the morning. You're awakened from a dead sleep. There are people banging on your front your front door, banging the door in, yelling and screaming. Even if they're yelling police, that's no small comfort. That doesn't make you feel right. That doesn't make you feel good about somebody intruding into your home. I mean, it's so scary to think that these men they can just destroy your own your front door, come in and de- and just take over your life, and you can't do anything about it. If it's an actual regular criminal gang that doesn't have the police badges uh, on their uniforms, if it's just anybody else, the Crips and the Bloods coming in, then by all means you're supposed to be able to defend yourself and shoot to kill and you know protect your property. But how are you supposed to discern that difference? How is it at 4 a.m. anybody can be expected to know who's coming through their front door? Even if somebody is yelling police, they may very yes. well be a, a criminal who's just using that to try to keep you from shooting. Absolutely. There have been cases where that has happened. I'm not saying it happens all the time, but if you're going to do a hostile takeover of a home, that's how I would do it. I mean, you're not going to say violent criminal when you kick in the door. You're going right. to say something like police <laughs> Yo, or nothing at all. Yo, the blood's here. Open up. Yeah. No, yeah. Don't, <laughs> that's not how they're going to no. do it. So. Well, Marcus said that when he was in jail, the the guys that were in jail with him would practice pretending like they were the police doing home invasions. So it's something the criminals know about. Oh, yeah. I mean, they know that people will open – most people will open the door voluntarily when they hear police. Police. And those who won't open the door probably won't go for their gun when the door gets kicked in if they've heard police. (sighs) You know, it almost makes me wonder, what's the point of even having a gun anymore? I mean, if you have a gun to defend your home, but you, if you, in the event of defending your home from what you presume to be violent criminals attempting to do you harm, and indeed the police are violent and they are intending to do you harm, uh, if you are defending yourself from a gang that you believe to not be the police, and it turns out to be the police, you go to jail for a decade. (laughs) <laughs> You'd least. be better off without a gun and just allowing well, whoever it is to come in and steal all the crap they want to from your house. At least then you don't you won't be at least then you're only out some stuff and you're likely not a either you're probably not going to be dead and you're probably not going to be in jail for a decade. That's true. I guess you gotta think about your odds though. What are the odds that what are the odds? what are the odds that you're gonna gun down a cop during a no knock <laughs> during a no knock raid compared to the odds that you're you're going to be too scared of doing that and allow violent criminals into your house. I would think that you're more likely to be raided by actual criminals than police by quite a bit. I don't know. Well, I really don't know. The odds that you're going to be raided by the police and not have a good idea that it's a police out there. It's not statistically that high. I I hope you're right about that. It seems like your odds of being burglarized are quite a bit higher because they're, are a lot of burglars out there? Yeah, but how many of them are doing it in that in that in that fashion? I guess you could just presume that if somebody's busting down your front door with a battering ram, it's the police. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, how many how many burglars are coming up to the front door with a concrete filled uh, battering ram? I just don't know. About I don't that. know. I mean, there there are not very many, but there are some criminals who will just bust into a house and take yeah, it they over are if there. they have to. Those are in the minority. Most burglars will try to avoid homes where they know people are there because they're worried about getting shot. 
what I hope happens is that they end doing these no-knock raids so people don't have to worry about it anymore. And the police, That'd be nice. The police could probably feel a bit more easy, yeah, too. Yeah, they could stay alive. I mean, you just died over a bag of marijuana. This, this guy that was busting through the front door for the police... His his family now is out a husband and out a father because he was engaged in a in a raid against somebody who had a bong sitting out on his counter. Just the insanity of it all is just so mind-boggling. It's so frustrating. Please end this insane war on drugs for your sake and for ours, policemen out there. Just stop doing the job. Nobody's forcing you to. Just stop it. 800-259-9231. Join law enforcement against prohibition and get active against this insanity. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. We'll try to sneak your call in if you make it now at 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by our friends at SACL CAI. It is Ian here with you. And Nick. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. By the way, I don't even know where Mark is tonight. <laughs> he's not here. Maybe he's doing one of his uh, fireman training things. Isn't that once a month, though? I think it it's every couple weeks. Okay. Uh, once a month, every two weeks. Anyways, it happens on Tuesdays. So Probably that's a safe bet. He he's not here. Uh, so hopefully he's okay. Anyway, uh, TooSmallForMe.com is a place where you can go if you've got some baby stuff that you don't need anymore. Or, conversely, you need some baby stuff. Uh, because, well, the reality of having a baby, from what I understand, I don't have one. But Mark does. Uh, the reality is that those things grow pretty fast, and so you buy a bunch of clothes, and then they grow, they outgrow them. And if you bought those clothes new, you're spending a lot of money, because then you just have to buy more. And a lot of people will go to garage sales and things like that to try to get some used baby stuff, and that's a pretty smart idea. But now you can be really smart. Go to TooSmallForMe.com. You can clean out unwanted or used kids' items or unused kids' items from your home. You can save money by grabbing donated items. Take advantage of coupons and freebies. It's easy to use, and all the features on the site are absolutely free. Their slogan is, don't trash it, pass it. So... Why throw this stuff away when you can offer it up to other individuals who can utilize it? And the folks running the website obviously are behind the uh, the Liberty Movement, TooSmallForMe.com. They're uh, the good good people advertising here on Free Talk Live. So great way to get some stuff for your young baby or give up some stuff that you're not using anymore so other people can use it and save some money. To me. It's a real good idea, especially in a down economy like this, too. Save some money. At too small for me. By the way, those are numerals. Numeral two, small, numeral four, me, dot com. As we continue with your phone calls, we go to Alex in New Jersey on the amp line. Hello, Alex. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind? I just wanted to comment on this police story. I think that the cop had whatever uh, was coming to him. He deserved it. Um, now, well, I, I, I yeah. feel sympathy for the family members and um, the, the wife of the police officer and certainly the children, but that cop was willingly engaged in doing criminal activity by trespassing on that man's property, and I can't feel sympathy for him. No, I don't feel sympathy for the cop at all. I, I feel sad for, uh, I feel, well, I guess that is sympathy. I do feel sympathy for the cop. I don't empathize with him, however. Uh, I, I, I could not put myself in his position because I would not do something like that. Uh, but but I do feel sorry for the guy. I mean, he obviously thought he was doing the right thing when, in point of fact, he was doing the wrong thing. And if he hadn't been doing what he was doing, he'd still be alive today. I don't think it really he deserved to die. I mean, you can you can disagree with what he was doing. Well, raiding somebody's home is a, a violent activity, and I I would say that Alex is absolutely right. He got what was coming to him. 
and, you and break how into many enough other people's homes has he raided for nonviolent acts? Right. I mean, it, it, I I can't feel even sympathy for him. How many I, lives I, I has he destroyed? So by this. How many families has he broken apart? How many people? Uh, how many innocent people has he put into a, a jail cell? Exactly, and you know, I I don't want to say that he deserved to die, but you know, I it's I I sort of am implying that, but it's it's hard to say that and be that radical. You know what I mean? Well, again, if they would just stop doing the wrong thing, they'd be all right. If they were only breaking into the homes of verified violent criminals, then nobody would have any problem with uh, with what they were doing. There would be no issue. It'd be no big deal. Go ahead and shoot the murderer, the wanted, mur- you know, the guy that. Uh, I mean, I guess if he's wanted, he's not necessarily guilty. But go ahead and, and raid the violent criminals' homes. That's fine. It's not, no one's going to complain about that. It's when you're breaking into the guy's house that's got a bong or a, or, or some plants uh, growing in his back room or something like that, who's not harming anybody else. That it's really a, such a tragic occurrence. And as long as they continue these raids, more cops will continue to die, and more innocent people will get caught in the crossfire, and more guys like this guy are going to go to jail for a decade for doing the right thing and defending himself. The cops were doing the wrong thing. This guy did the right thing. But what happens? The legal system, the so-called justice system, punishes the guy who did the right thing and probably had a big hero's honor for the guy that did the wrong thing. These cops, whenever they... They get shot. They get these big ceremonies, and they're held up as though they're doing something heroic and something worthwhile and something that that, uh, they should be doing when, when that's the furthest thing from it. Yeah, I mean, I'll agree with you. The guy, the homeowner who shot the guy... He was obviously acting under the, the impression that someone was breaking into his home, and they were. I and, you know, would have preferred that the cop not that. die. The reason why people shouldn't have guns is because at four in the morning, you can't make, you can't um, shoot straight. It could, you could shoot your friend that's knocking at your door. And I think that that's just a, um, that's such a fallacy. And my parents are just such statists, and they, they just can't understand gun rights. And it just makes me sad. In fact, I'm not even allowed to talk about guns in the house anymore. Mm. In fact, when they found out that I uh, wanted to get a gun when I became of age, they they now require me to um, to not uh, to, to ask them permission before leaving the house at all times. <laughs> well, you don't want to get a gun in New Jersey anyway. I've, from what that'd I understand, pain, it's a, a pretty pain, difficult but... <laughs> process. My parents still think you guys are crazies, and I went and I downloaded a, the Christmas episode of 08 of Free Talk Live to the family computer, and I said, Dad, if you want to listen to it, you can listen to it, but I have it right here. I can't force you, but, you know, if you want to hear what these guys are saying, these crazies, and he's never listened to it yet. Why the Christmas so, episode? Why, why that one? Wait, uh, because I thought that it was uh, most reflective of it covered a broad range of topics. Okay, I thought that it, it it got the idea across. Well, you know, uh, uh, my that, mom thinks I'm crazy too. So, what can you do? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm living uh, my life the way I want to live it, and I feel like I'm doing uh, the right thing and according to my value system. And she thinks I'm crazy, but then again, she loves the state, so that's how it's going to be. I don't yeah. have anything to really talk to her about as a result of it. Thank goodness I don't live under her roof. Because it would drive oh, yeah. me nuts. I, I'm no, glad I didn't know what I know. Uh, thank you, Alex. I'm glad I. I'm glad that back when I did live under her roof, I didn't know then what I know now. Because I wouldn't would have been able to stand it. Would make things uncomfortable yeah. for everyone. I would think. Oh yeah, let's continue here. It's uncomfortable enough having dinner with her. Uh, we continue and talk to Todd in Michigan. Todd, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey guys, what's up? What's on your mind tonight, Todd? 
Uh, I wanted to talk about a little bit about this uh, MPAA suit against uh, the Pirate Bay in Sweden. Yes. Uh, where um, you guys are talking about this tonight, and I have to say, this entire thing with the MPAA makes my skin crawl. This organization is well known for rating movies. Uh, going after the independent film studios for, you know, putting out a lot of films, a lot of product in the market, labeling them with NC-17 labels. And a lot of times when, you know, they cut back on, you know, the scenes and everything, they have to comply um, almost to this, uh, to this totalitarian censorship board, which is now become an anti-piracy organization altogether. And now um, they're going after sites like the Pirate Bay, trying to stop users from downloading movies. I mean, if that's the case, they might as well go after people who watch free episodes of Battlestar Galactica, Knight Rider, and Heroes on the NBC.com website. Well, no, they're not going to go after those people because they are watching those uh, through the actual distributors, the original distributors of the product, so they're not going to go after them. Well, NBC's I, the well, producer. I that. What, what I'm trying to say is, well, that's, but that's the thing. What I'm trying to say is that, that those people are somehow, you know, they're not paying... Um, if you don't have cable... Well, they are now, paying because they're watching advertisements. If you're watching Battlestar Galactica yeah. on Hulu.com, then you're watching a, an advertiser-supported version of the show. Whereas if you're downloading it from the Internet, That's true. the ads are ripped out. That's true. But, you know, anybody who's going to download an episode of Battlestar Galactica off of the Pirate Bay, which I did tonight, by the way, and uh, this is a big middle finger to uh, the MPAA... Um, you know, what are they going to do with the episode? They're not going to exactly sell it. They're not going to make a dime off of it. No. The, I mean, 99.9% of the pirate world is just using uh, the services for consuming purposes. They're not reselling. Most of them are not reselling. Most of the people that pirate right. software are not setting up street corner vendor uh, tables where they're but, selling but so software again, on CD. That's exactly what the MPAA wants people to think. They want people to think, well, they're just downloading it so they can just make money off of it and blah, 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 and, and, you're, and you're thinking to yourself, you're nuts. That's not what they're doing. They're watching the episodes. Yeah. And, you know, if, if they really didn't go after you know, the, the sites like the Pirate Bay, chances are they're going to go after somebody else that's going to pop up. I mean, remember, this all started with Napster, yep. R-I-A-A. One after Napster. It's been a long, sordid history. Todd, we're out of time. I thank you for the call tonight. It has been Ian here with you. And Nick. And don't forget to join Nick over at his website, freemindstv.com. Uh, we will continue tomorrow night to discuss whatever you want. If you were still on the line and you didn't get on, I apologize. Call tomorrow at the top of the show. We'll take your calls about anything, as always. And we'll talk to you then. Online in the meantime at freetalklive.com.
DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. 